This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show. It's a bit of a party here today. We have myself, Amber, and myself, Jenna, <laughs> and our <laughs> wonderful, fantastical mermaid friend, Emily. Emily. Uh, <laughs> Emily was so cute. <laughs> She's like, what's my name? Or is she trying to say my name? <laughs> Emily Pereira. And today we're discussing from divorce drama to hot 40s mama. Yes. For show notes, more on this topic, or to sign up for more goodness from us, check out our website. I'm sure you know it by now, themotherlovingfuture.com. Oh, we're so happy to have you on with us today. Oh my gosh, it's so fun to be here. Oh my gosh, Emily is a dear friend of mine and Jenna's. Mm-hmm. And she introduced us. We would not know each other if it wasn't for Emily. Oh yeah, that's right. Tell, step me through that again. So it was, um, if I'm not mistaken, in February and it was your birthday and you had a birthday party and you it was actually one of the most incredible birthday parties I've ever been to. She gathered really powerful women, all women, um, and very few, maybe like 10, to come and set an intention circle with her. And we just had the most amazing, organic, gluten-free, like pancakes oh, and berries and breakfast. Real, the real food. Yeah, real from the real food scout, scout. Shout out. She oh. is amazing. Um, and like her actual food was like, wow, that she actually cooked. Um, but... So, and then we um, actually, Amber led a guided meditation in which we, you know, we envisioned Emily on the beach, which where now you live there uh-huh. like uh, with a man, which now you have one. I should be part of your spiritual baby, advisor team, which Emily. Seriously, now you have one. <laughs> so we basically envisioned her life coming to just perfect fruition, which it has. And so, yeah, that's how we met. Yeah. Thank you, Emily. You changed my life in more ways than you'll ever realize. It was such an incredible birthday. That was. That was really quite magical from that point onwards. I mean, life is always magical, but that really catapulted you into a whole new world. Well, it was interesting because actually at that time, I was in some struggle because that was just right after my divorce. Mm. So um, it meant so much to me to gather just my favorite girls together. And I just, it was just like this bath of mm. love from everybody. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was the most, so I remember important. leaving there like feeling high, like literally high on the energy. I was like, ah, this is a, what a beautiful day. You know? <laughs> Cutie. <laughs> Jen scooping down the street with it's daisies true. in her hair. Like I think that. it's so important to, um, it's so important to create a space of ritual to transition from one massive life point to another, like divorce or a birthday or a birth or whatever, it, marriage, whatever it may be. I, I think we're kind of, we're missing that, that yeah. marination, Sacred that intentional, yes, mm-hmm. kind of space. space. No, it's mm-hmm. so cool. And Amber came and, and led another amazing ceremony member for my Yes, for my that's baby. right. Yeah. Oh, that baby. You're so good. Okay, we got to get into this. Okay, before we really get into the good stuff, Jenna, do you want to give us your definition on this topic? Yeah, so this is my definition for this topic is specific to Emily. When you think your life might be over after the universe smashes everything you thought you knew with a divorce, and then through taking mindful responsibility of your own life, you figure out that you are a supernatural manifester who can make all your own dreams come true with ordinary magic. I love that. Emily is probably the biggest wizard I know. Yeah. Yeah. I guess... 
I guess you call a female wiz- wizard a witch. I know. But that but, could be offensive. Yeah, so that's wizard. why I said wizard. Wizardress. Yeah, or priest, high priestess. It's like you have beams of sparkles and light and universal magic popping out of your fingertips and things just like... Yeah. yeah, it's just magic everywhere very you go. Very magical person. Um, very ancient sort of magic that she just she just brings with her, like mm. a trail where and she a goes. a channel of serious wisdom. Yeah. Continuously. Yep. Okay, so Emily, for a formal introduction, is an international retreat leader, a certified yoga teacher, gateless trainer, trained writing teacher and life coach specializing in helping women call love into their lives. And we all need a little bit of that, don't we? She's, Give me love. <laughs> she's also author of the forthcoming book, The Beginner and Our Favorite Jungle Mama. Wait, that's not the title. She, the, the, the title of the book is The Beginner, and she's also our favorite jungle mama, <laughs> just to get that clear. <laughs> yeah, you live in the and Costa Rican jungle. She does. And she's kind of a specialist in helping women manifest their baby daddy, you know, um, at any point. So <laughs> that's a really cool specialty, if you ask me. If you want to manifest your baby daddy, you know, you got to talk to Emily. Yeah. So tell us what you're up to. Well, I am living in the Costa Rican jungle and... I've been living there for about a year and a half. So everybody asks me, how the heck did you get to the Costa Rican jungle? And I've been leading retreats for a number of years, um, transformational retreats for women. And about, I think it was two and a half years ago, I was on a retreat and it was just, it was the last day and I was sitting on my surfboard. The sky was just exploding, the most gorgeous sunset over me. And I just sat on my surfboard and just this warm air was like dancing on my skin. And I just said this little intention. I didn't even like try to say it. It just came out. But I just said, I don't know how and I don't know when, but I'm going to live here someday. And and fast forward. So that was in the end of October, the last week of October. And then my birthday was coming up in February, February 7th. And just two weeks before I didn't have anything planned. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Costa Rica. And in my mind, there was this one place in Costa Rica that I hadn't been back to for 16 years. Whoa. But I travel. I backpacked after college with a girlfriend through Costa Rica for six months. And that was the town I remember loving the most. Wow. What was it? What's it called? It's called Santa Teresa. Mm, and that's where you live. That's where I live now. So I went back there by myself for a three-week three trip and just very spontaneous. Didn't really know what I was doing there, but I just knew something was calling me there. And so I went there to write and to surf and, you know, I had my motor scooter and I'm cruising around and, you know, drinking my coconut milk lattes and whatnot. And, and one day I was standing on the end of the path to go surfing and I was looking out at the waves and the waves were big and windy and I'm normally this pretty decisive person, but I was standing there and I was just frozen in indecision. It was like on one shoulder, I was like, you got this girl, be the beginner. And on the other shoulder, it was like you're fucking crazy. (laughs) You're going to die. And so I just kept going back and forth. And next thing I know, this guy and his friend walked by on the path and the guy's like, you're Marcella's friend, no? And I was like, and I looked at him and I didn't recognize him. Are you Marcella's friend? (laughs) I'm totally. She's my first friend. Okay. My first friend in Santa Teresa. And turned out I had met that guy actually in passing through Marcella on the street, maybe like five days earlier. Mm. And I finally did figure out who it was. It's this French guy. 
that I had been introduced to. A French guy. Actually, well, when, you, <laughs> well, when you say that, when I first met him through Marcella, he seemed a little impatient and a little like, I don't have time for you. And I was like, rolled my eyes. I was like, French people. Who's got time for that? <laughs> I say. But this time when I met him on the path, he was like really nice. And he's like, how's it look? And, you know, even though I'm sitting there totally terrified, I'm like trying to be cool. And I'm like, a little windy, <laughs> you know, even though I'm like terrifyingly huge. <laughs> and he's like, I think it will be good. And something the way he said that made me feel, or at least that's how I processed it, that he was inviting me to come with him. So I sort of like followed him out to the waves. He turned around to look at me when he got to the water's edge. And I just did this little wave, like, hi. And the way he tells the story is he's like, once I started paddling out, I was like, oh no, this is huge. She's <laughs> never going to make it out here. Cause I had this long board and it's just like to get past the break. And he's like, and then I turned around and you were there just waving at me again. And so we chatted in the waves and we kept surfing and coming back to the same place. And he ended up asking me out to dinner. Now, can I ask you what, what was your first impression? Did you like him? Like, did you think he was cute? He is very handsome. He's very handsome. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely the best looking guy I've been with. Um, yeah. So at first I was like, oh, that guy's really hot. And then he was kind of rude in the streets. So okay. Like, okay. So you're like oh. rude, for hot French guy. Rude, hot French guy. It. Yeah. <laughs> but then in the waves, he was super sweet. And actually he didn't speak English very well. Mm-hmm. So we were, it was this mis- Even better. mismosh <clears throat> of, of English and, and uh, Spanish that we were speaking in. Oh. And so he ended up asking me out to dinner and he came to pick me up and it was like French on the top, like this like nice gauzy shirt rolled up. You know, his hair was kind of like, you know, fresh from his shower. And then on the bottom, it was shorts and no shoes on a motorcycle. And I was like, the Costa Rican local. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just this amazing whirlwind romance. And we ended up spending the next week together and he convinced me to do an ayahuasca ceremony with him, which I did. And we just sort of fell in love. Yeah. Always a good idea. (laughs) Very sure way to the heart. Yeah. If you could just sneak a plant ceremony in there, why not? And then he convinced me to take a surf trip with him and his two friends that were in town visiting from France all around the country. So I extended my ticket and we traveled all around the country together. And when he dropped me off at the airport, he just was like, darling, I know from when I work in the restaurant, the man, the man, he know exactly what he want. He said, I have the chocolate cake. The woman, the woman, she said, I have the chocolate cake. No, no, I want the pineapple thing. Wait, wait, I have the ice cream. So I know the woman, she changed her mind. So you want, you go home, you think about it, you come back, we make a baby. <laughs> I like this guy. He gets like, right to the point. When you don't speak English very well, <laughs> you just it sounds yeah, so direct. <laughs> but it's just amazing. That just shows, you know, like the biological urge that you guys had. And like, the, in my mind, the spirit of your baby kind of like above you guys just pushing you together, together because they're like, why are you going to come make a baby with a French man that you just met in the jungle? Unless there's like this deep intuitive, like urge that you just know it's going to work out. Okay. And of course it does, but like, but I wait, I have to interject here for a little bit. Um, I seem to remember you. Okay, you have to tell us number one about your spiritual advisor team. Well, right? we're gonna get. We're gonna rewind back to like. But well, how my she, question is how you. How did you? actually end up in Costa Rica? Because I feel like there was a little nudge from more than just your intuition. Well, wait, so then, so I didn't take it seriously when he said that to me, you know, about, 
about the baby, like totally seriously. I just was like, okay, kind of laughed. And I got back to What Venice. did you think? Like, did you think so? Like, were you like, yeah, maybe? Or were you like, I yeah. don't know? Well, I'm always like, okay, maybe. Well, you're not always. Like, you know, if the wrong guy had asked you to make a baby, you'd be like, no. Right. But I mean, obviously I'd spent So you a were kind of like down though. You were like, and you wanted, a, you wanted a baby, so. Well, it was more like, is this guy for real? Mm-hmm. It wasn't that I was... You know, I, and I had a good life in Venice. It wasn't mm-hmm. like I was trying to escape anything, but I did go back to my, you know, amazing bungalow in Venice and I sat on my beautiful couch and looked around at my beautiful artwork and my beautiful things. And all I could think about was that I just wanted the adventure. Yes. I just adventure was like, I just want, I was like, who knows where it's going to lead? You know, I was like, but I want to be on the back of that motorcycle and I want to be surfing warm waves every day. And I just want the adventure. And who knows, you know, if it's going to work out, it's just, life is choose your own adventure and you chose the good adventure. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but the reality is, is like, people are like, can you trust him? And I was like, I don't really need to worry about trusting him because I trust myself. Like I, my path is leading me where I need to go. The gifts are going to be that the recognitions that I need to get are going to be there regardless of if we're, if we're together for the next 70 years or whatever happens. And so I called him up a week later and I was like, my dog's name is Disco, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. And I was like, are Disco and I still invited to come live with you in the jungle? And he was like, of course, darling. And that was that. And so now I and live in the jungle. Went, so that's how I got there. Wow. But, so, but did you have a nudge from your spiritual advisory well, team? Can we rewind, well, can we rewind at this point to back to, because I want to talk about the paranormal divorce a little bit, and then we can go from how she got from there into the Costa Rican jungle. Let's do it. Is that cool? Yeah. Let's, let's start from the very beginning. Very good place to start. Do you remember when we used to walk down the street singing that to Valentine? That's right. He's just like, who am I? Where am I? It was the only thing that would make him stop crying. That's true. I know. Love me some sound of music, guys. <laughs> okay, so kick us off from the very beginning, the paranormal divorce. So can I just, can I preface it? Yes. By just saying that, like, I am obsessed with this story. Like, this is so interesting to me. So that's why we invited her to tell the story today. Um, okay, that's my preface. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> As I was like, are we sure that the world is ready for this? Yeah. And uh, Jen is like... The world needs the truth. <laughs> well, yeah. what I said, which is true, is like we, on this podcast, you get a glimpse of our real conversations. And this is truly what we talk about. So here it goes. Here it goes. So I was married. Mm-hmm. I lived in a beautiful house. In How Silver long were you married I met him. Did you meet him? No, I didn't meet him. I met him. And so um, we were together in total, in total four and a half years. Married. Married. Uh, not married together oh, for four and a half that's years. that's not that long. Not that long. How long were you married for? Um, I think two and a half years. Okay. And what age did you get married? Um, I think that was 31. Okay. 31. So we were married, always groovy, like life was really stable. Life was really um, pleasant. You know, it was nice. We were, we, we had a lot of love. It was a really healing, wonderful relationship for me. So a genuine love. It was a genuine love. Yeah. Yeah, It was a genuine love. And, um, and I, at this point, just to give a little bit more backstory at that point, I'd been on a conscious path working with a spiritual teacher for six years and I'd had just, um, spectacular changes and growth in my life as a result of doing that. And so, you know, I felt like my growth trajectory was just like a rocket taking off. And Mm -hmm. for whatever reason during this time, I remember it was early December and I just felt kind of like blah, like I felt like apathetic for the first time in so long. So as you guys know, my backstory, I won't go super long into this, but I didn't think I was a creative person until I was about, you know, 
30, 30 or 31 years old. And after literally doing nothing creative my entire life, I wrote a book, started to play guitar, sing and write songs, paint paintings, dance in a burlesque troupe. So many, many things. Can I ask you, did you meet him before you opened the door to your creativity? So you met him at right after he, oh, no, I met him before. You met him before. Me, yes. Okay. So you you met him and then like right at the time that you guys were getting married is when you were kind of opening the doors of creativity within yourself. Yes. There was something really healing. One of the really healing parts about that relationship was it helped me ground so much into mm-hmm. myself and feel so safe and secure. Like I wasn't running around looking for it mm-hmm. outside of myself that I felt like that it was time to just look in to, to give myself permission. Mm-hmm. I could give myself permission to explore that part of myself. And so I just had been feeling so inspired for so many years and I got to this point where I just felt super kind of like Meh. and it was I remember it was a winter day and and my ex-husband will call him Walker and um my spiritual teacher name Luke James name's guy <laughs> And Bad my joke, sorry. James was there and he was like, he calls me Sweepy. He's like, Sweepy, what's going on with you? You seem a little low on the go. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I just feel sort of like I was just growing so much for so long and now I feel like I've hit a plateau. And he was like, well, it's time for you to access your clairvoyance. And I was like, well, how do I do that? And he's like, you need to unfreeze your heart. And I was like, unfreeze wow, my heart. big one. I was like, I thought I already did that. Like, I broke through my creativity. I wrote a book. I did all these things. I met my man, got married, got a dog. Like, I'm so much happier. I've healed from, you know, body, weird body things. And he holds up his fingers like the size of a quarter. And he goes, this much. You've unfrozen your heart this much. And I was like, all right, well, I'm astute enough to realize that that's not really optimal. So how do I unfreeze the rest? And he goes, Consciousness. I'm like, oh, okay. Consciousness. No big deal. And I was like, well, I want consciousness. As if I already thought that was pretty obvious since I'd been working with him for the past six years. And he like took a couple steps back into the kitchen and he said, oh, you want consciousness. Like it was the most serious thing I'd ever said. And his nose, is his glasses slid down to the edge of his nose. And he goes, and I go, yeah, I want consciousness. And he goes, are you willing to lose everything to get it? Oh, harsh. Are you willing to live harsh. in a cage for the rest of your life? And I was like, I don't know what possessed me to do this. I don't know if I just was like feeling brave that day or I don't know. Of course, if- you had no choice. You had a soul mission. <laughs> or I don't, yeah, I don't know if I just, that apathy was like coming back and it was terrifying. That feeling, it's a, the worst feeling I've ever felt is apathy. And I just was like, I pounded my little fist into my hand and I was like, yeah. I'm willing to lose everything to get it. Ooh, and he goes, brave. Well, fasten your seatbelt, sweet peak, because things are about to get real interesting around here. Did you know that it was going to be the end of your marriage when he said that? That night, I laid in bed, and I had a very uneasy feeling. And I was like... <laughs> I just signed my life away to consciousness. <laughs> I was like, like uh, I just looked at consciousness. I was like, what did I just do? I, I could feel that I had set something into motion. So one week later we're doing this huge circle of life tarot reading for my next coming year. I pulled every single dark card mm. in the deck. Uh Oh, there's not many <laughs> and life breakdowns equal spiritual breakthroughs. Listen to that podcast guys. <laughs> and fast forward. So that's December first week of March. My, uh, it was 
morning time. My ex-husband was, my soon-to-be ex-husband was getting ready to go to South by Southwest. He's like, oh, can I just talk to you for a minute before I go? And I was like, yeah. I was like thinking he wants to have a moment, maybe do a meditation, tell me how much he loves me, something, you know, just the way And everything we was going well up until this point between like, you two. Did you guys fight and stuff? We rarely fought. Interesting. We rarely, rarely fought. Um, there was this weird thing that happened now that I'm remembering, because this has been a, a number of years since this happened. Okay, so let's not, we're not in March. Let's go back to New Year's. So we're in Lake Tahoe at my family's house in Lake Tahoe. And we just booked a trip to Paris for May for three weeks. And we're going to take ourselves on an artist sabbatical. And it just sounds Yummy. so amazing. And so we're like making plans as a married couple, you know, for our lives. And we talked about how we want to have a baby in the next coming year. And that night we go to sleep and he wakes up in the middle of the night being very, and talking in a very strange way. And he's like, he call, used to call me sweets and he'd be like, sweets what's happening he's like oh my gosh he's like is it cold in here what's going on and I was like I wake up it's three in the morning and I was like what's going what's happening and he's just like I just don't understand what's it all about I mean what the hell people put stuff on Facebook and other people like it wait like, is he talking in his, in his sleep it was an altered state and he's like I just feel like I'm falling through all these dimensions I feel like I'm on LSD or something I don't know what's going on and I was like all of a sudden you know at attention and I was just like okay you're out of body put your feet on the ground you need to, you're out of body. You need to call your spirit back to your body. And you're just Was like, oh. he spiritual? To some degree. Okay. To some degree. But yeah. he knew what you were talking he about. He knew what I was talking about. Okay. Yeah. He, he was, yeah. And so all of a sudden he just was like talking crazy and he was just, he ran, he was just freezing. So this is he, on New Year's? This is like maybe. A couple days after. The, Right around that time. Right, okay. I don't know if it was actually on New Year's. Okay, but just curious. Um, I don't think it was actually on New Year's. I think no, it was the I, day before. I shouldn't have even asked that. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> no, but it's symbolic. <laughs> um, it was before. It was like the day before okay. New Year's Eve. Okay. And he all of a sudden runs to the bathroom and starts throwing up. Whoa. And so, of course, you know, me with my mystics on speed dial, I try to call my, my number one spiritual teacher, James. and he's How like, many spiritual teachers do you have? I have three right now in the in the major rotation. Okay, great. Got it. Who are like like one's a shaman or one, a healer or one, astrologer channel? One is a spiritual teacher, clairvoyant energy healer. Okay. One is a, a, a woman who channels mm -hmm. and the spirits right through her hand, mm -hmm. and it's the most accurate, crazy thing you've ever read in your entire mm. life. Need her number, by the way. And um, and the other one, um, I think you spoke to. Mm -hmm. um, she's like Ellie. A, a yeah, Ellie. She's like a business, um, super on point psychic, but also has really good, um, tangible, tactical um, strategies for moving you to the next level. Nice. Okay, great. So, team of mystics. Okay, got the team. Hashtag, hashtag. So, he's throwing up. He's wow. screaming. He's like, I'm basically witnessing like... An a, exorcism a, 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 a possession. Yeah. Whoa. Okay, so... Possessed. And he's just like talking really crazy like, just what does it all mean? I just don't understand. Was it his voice? It was a weird version of his voice, but it was, yeah, but it was his vocal yeah. cords coming out of his And so throat. he's in the shower and I get a hold of one of my other mystics. She's not as much in the rotation right now, but back then she was. And I, I, um, she answers, she's a mom. So at three in the morning, she answers the phone and I wouldn't of course, answer the moms three. never sleep. I wouldn't answer the phone at three in the morning and I'm a mom. 
Well, her mom's in, her her son's an adult. So oh, maybe. all right, yeah. So she answers and she's like, "Well, you are you are correct that his body has been taken over by something else." And and at that moment, we hear him like come back, sort of in this different voice in the shower, going, "I think I know who it is." Ugh, ugh, shivers. So blah, 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 was blah. it on speaker so he could hear what she was yeah, saying? Yeah, on speaker. And and that sounded more like his voice when he said, "I mm-hmm. think I know." Wow. Yeah. And so we're like both shocked. We're like, you do? And he's like, yeah, it's this kid that committed suicide last week uh, uh. that he knew. Wow. He was affiliated with his work. So when you say he's been embodied by someone else, what do you mean exactly? Well, let me just finish just the rest okay. of the story because yep. it'll make more sense. Jumping ahead. Um, and so she's like, okay, well, when you get out of the shower, I'll help you. So when she, he got out of the shower, she goes, okay, you're right. Like this kid basically was in a lot of illusion and took his own life and now regrets that he took his own life. He regrets that he gave up his human experience. And because you feel a responsibility and a love for this child, you have an open doorway to this child and he can access your body. So you need, we're going to hook him up to the white light. We're going to give him a chance to go on to his next place. He can take another body if he wants to. And then after a few minutes of her doing that, he just looks at me, he goes, holy shit. What was that? Wow. And he was back. Wow. He was totally back. So she did that all through meditation? All through her, you know, accessing the astral plane or whatever it is, what, wherever however, he is. whatever her abilities are. But, but even so, regardless of her abilities, it was seemed to you to be like a command that this other spirit would go to back to the white light yeah. and to go back, you know, it's basically almost like I feel it to be commanding your personal space, like almost like commanding the personal space of your, of your ex-husband. Yeah, taking ownership back. Ownership back and then asking the other to go back to the white light. Yeah, because on he has making, he was making an unconscious... Um, agreement with mm-hmm. that spirit that he could come and take over his mm. body. And he was sobbing. He was sobbing on the edge of the bed, sobbing, sobbing, sobbing. And she's like, this isn't you crying. This is this little boy crying wow. through you. How old was he? The boy who took his he life. He was like 18. Wow. And, or 17 or 18. And so, um, after that, I remember the next day I called her and I was like, I just want to thank you so much. Cause had I not been connected to you and not had this information, I would have taken him to the doctor to emergency mm. room. They would have diagnosed him as bipolar. He would be on medication for the rest of her life. And she goes, yeah. And you probably would have gotten a divorce because it wouldn't actually be the person the, you married, the person you married in that body. Yeah. And you wouldn't have that connection. Imagine how many people have experienced this and misinterpreted it. Oh, everyone, everyone I, who's experienced this chills. has misinterpreted it. Uh, uh, Except for pretty much Emily. (laughs) (laughs) And so, but, but that's true. We hear about this bipolar thing, you know, all the time, but really what that is, is two different or more spirits coming through. We are trans-dimensional beings. It's who we are. This isn't something that's common knowledge yet, but in the next 20 years, people's understanding of spirit guides is going to be as common knowledge as us talking about, you know, vegan food. And can I just say that it's not common knowledge now, but it has been in the past, very distant past in like ancient, ancient civilizations. And there is, um, you know, there's a precedent for this in almost all just traditional civilizations and that people do have spiritual experiences of this nature. So there is definitely a long and deep precedent for that. So would you say we're all open vessels and susceptible to having other spirits expressing themselves through our human form? 
Yes. So who we are, from what I've learned from the teachers I've been working with for 11 plus years, is that we are, to be a human and having a human experience means we are having a transdimensional experience. So we are operating not just our spirit in this dimension, having this conversation right now, but we're operating in many different dimensions. And so a great example of this is like, you know, when you're driving your car and you're driving along and you're cruising and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, who's driving this car? Oh, I usually call that a daydream. Well, you're hanging out in some other dimension, and so do these other dimensions. Have you ever have thought about who's names? driving the car? Um, you just think it's like autopilot, yeah, subconscious. Yeah, well, it's another spirit driving the car. So, how many spirits do I have in me? Well, it's not necessarily that you're, they're in you all the time, but it's it's a matter of how often are you going out of body. So we have different reasons that we go out of body. And one of the main reasons is if we're in a lot of emotional pain, mm. then we have a pain body. And if we have a pain body, we don't want to be in that body all that much. Mm. And so obviously this is an unconscious level that we go out of body, but there's certain things that bring us more in body. So through dance, we come into body. Through creative passion, we come into body. Through making love, we come into body. And so when we're That's having... That's called something. Uh, that, that happened to me when I was going through a very traumatic time. I felt... Oh, what's that word I'm looking for when you come out of body Disassociate? and you... Uh, no, it's... Um, tra- um, that's it. Yeah, it's it's when you come out and you're watching yourself move Out around the world. Experience. Yeah, but it's called something else. And oh. while you're thinking about that, you know, people who, for example, have multiple personalities, which would be an extreme example of this, always no, it have it, have had extremely traumatizing experiences. Usually, existentialism, existential crisis. Yes, well, it's existentialism. I think. Well, existentialism is when you like you haven't uh, might be slightly different. But mm. what you're saying is exactly science's explanation for what I'm describing spiritually, mm-hmm. disassociative personality disorder. Mm-hmm. And what's so crazy is when I was in high school, I wanted to, I was really interested in psychology and I took a child psychology class as a junior. And as a senior, I asked the teacher if I could do an independent study to continue. And she thought I was going to do something, wanted to do something that was like, you know, prevalent at the time at the school, eating disorders or something. And for some reason I said to her, I want to do multiple personality disorders. Interesting. And what's so crazy is she had a daughter who had multiple <gasps> personality disorder and Whoa. I got to interview what? her. What? And wow. had she had an extremely traumatizing yes, experience? Yes, she was molested. I went to a boarding school and she was there when it was an all boys boarding school and she was molested by a group of boys when she was five years old and she disassociated, disassociated and she told me about all her different personalities. Oh my God, I hope that never happens to my babies. No, it won't. It won't. You're going to be shielding the crap out of them 24-7. Nothing's going to happen to them. So um, it's, so, it, so what is saying? So, so let, let me get this theory straight. So we have the ability to disassociate and when we pull ourselves out of our presence in this body in this lifetime we then open ourselves for other spirits to express themselves and that's multiple personalities well so an extreme you know when people go through extreme trauma they disassociate science says spiritually that means we're going out of body Mm -hmm. got it it's the same thing so you're floating around in another it's just too painful to be yeah i understand that yeah so so but to some degree, even if you haven't had trauma, we're still doing that. We're still going in and out of our body throughout. And, and, and just, we've all had some degree of trauma, 
even if it's like some really just living on this planet is traumatizing just just some small thing like someone says you can't sit with us at lunch that can be very traumatic for a young person yeah I'm homeschooling Valentine (laughs) (laughs) Milo Maisie and Valentine (laughs) will all be homeschooled by me oh no Jen is still freaking out I'm totally having a a breath. I just want my babies to be okay they will be take a breath take a breath so much traumatizing stuff can happen in this world Smell the jasmine oh. and take a breath. You're, they're okay. They're okay. Ah, okay. white light, bubbles of white light. So I'm thinking everything's groovy and my man's back and his body and <laughs> everything's okay. And Wait, did he understand what happened to him that night? He had some awareness. He had some awareness that something came through him. Oh, okay. Yeah, he did. He did have some awareness to it. So he didn't think, oh, I had food poisoning and I was delirious. No, no, he knew something weird happened. Okay. And so, but he has a big career and had a big career at the time and was traveling a bunch. And we had made that our intention, like, okay, we're both going to really like, like buckle down and like get our things on point because we want to do a baby, have a baby next year. And so he was traveling a lot during these next couple months. And, you know, as I began to say, he was getting ready to go to South by Southwest and wanted to sit down and have a moment with me. And he sits down and he goes... I just want to talk to you about something. I'm depressed. I'm suicidal. I'm moving into my office. And I was like, boom. What the hell are you talking about? And came out of nowhere from your perspective. Do you think that's debris from the experience he had? Yeah. So, I mean, or he was still being inhabited by. Exactly. And can I just interject here of like the importance of shielding and commanding your personal space? Like so crucial. Because just that alone can save you from something like this. Well, here's the crazy thing. So, so I was obvious. So, and then he literally like walked out the door, like just, I mean, so shocking, dif- so different to the dynamic of our oh relationship in terms How of, shocking. in terms of just the lovingness, the, the respect, the, the way that was just normal that we'd always treated ourselves. Yeah, like it wasn't other. him talking to you. It was just something very strange. And so he left and Fortunately, my spiritual teacher happened to be in town at that time, James. And so he was just like, I was just sobbing. I was inconsolable, sobbing, sobbing, sobbing on my bed, just like in my bathrobe, just sobbing, just felt sick. Felt like someone had punched of me in the course, stomach. Of course, God. Know? My whole world as I knew it was just like crashing down around me. And I was yeah. just like, once I like gathered myself together, I was just like, okay, like this is, this will be okay. Like we have so much history. We have so much, you know, like so many good things. This is just a phase. I can support somebody through being depressed. So he didn't say I'm leaving you. He just said, I'm depressed and I need space. I'm going to go live in my office. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to live in my office and walked out the door. And then I like barely heard from him for 10 days and and South by Southwest. Were you going crazy? If, if my husband said that and just walked out and I didn't hear from him for 10 days, I'd be like pulling my hair out. Wait. So he went to South by Southwest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was really, really, really hard. Literally, I hadn't watched TV in like five years. I started binge watching like Game of Thrones. Yeah, and, you're like, needing to be yeah. out and get <laughs> and, like, distracted. Nashville, really good show. Um, anyways, I just, I, all I could eat was like hummus, carrots, and way better chips and, and watch TV. Like it was so traumatic. You were possessed by the couch potato. I was, <laughs> I was in shock. Yeah, I was like that, a shock. I was like, shocking. I was, like, I was like, okay, I get why people need TV. I okay, and so he came back from South by Southwest. And... I knew from my mystics, they're like, okay, that other spirit has not come back. And I was has like, come back? Has come back. Well, yeah, because that's didn't she other... send him off to the light? No, right. it's not stri- you really clearly not well enough. She, yeah, I mean, hmm. and the thing is too, it's another friend 
that this that we were also closely connected to also committed suicide in that time period. In Jeez, those two months. And he's just a sitting duck so for we, all these. But it was spirits. Well, that's that is true. The more trauma you've had, yeah. He was abused as a child um, verbally and had a lot of addiction issues. What addiction really depletes is, your aura, puts holes well, in no, your aura. Well, no, it just it. It's you're out of body. You're out of body. That's why it's that constant consumption for more because it's mm. all these different spirits coming in and you don't have ownership of your body. And so he didn't have a lot of ownership mm, for his it. body. He didn't have a strong force field and, protecting no. himself. And, and this is like my core spiritual practice is a spiritual force field around yourself, just the meditation and commanding your personal space, just saying, I command my personal space because you have the right to do that. And just doing that can really uh, protect you from these types of situations. Have you got a story just to go, just for a snippet? Do you have a story where you've commanded your personal space and something crazy has, has happened? Like someone's coming towards you and you command your personal space and then turn around or do you have any type of story Um, around how that works? Well, I think I do it as such a practice all the time. Like I do it multiple times a day. And so that's part of just sealing my aura, auric field. And what I've noticed since I've been doing that is it's it's never like, I've actually never had to use it in like an emergency situation as you described. But uh, what I've noticed is that I've just been like healthier, um, wholer, like less anxious, even though I'm obviously still anxious sometimes. But but even if you (laughs) just go to to an event, like a concert, Coachella or, you know, a party oh, or something. Yeah. I still if you go to those. Don't you can really notice a difference. So you, you, you know, try it. If, if you can notice I, a difference, where if you go into a room and there's a bunch of people and you don't have a bubble up, like I put a golden bubble up, um, and if you don't have it up, you will feel the energy of the room versus if you have a bubble up. And like what Emily just said when she came here, because she lives in the Costa Rican jungle and now she's in LA, and she said that she was really feeling like all the frantic, stressful energy of LA, and then she did a meditation where she grounded, and I imagine as well, like did an energetic protection and she felt better. Yeah, absolutely. I like had anxiety when I just landed here and, and I couldn't, I had no reason to really feel anxiety. And then I realized I was just taking on the energy of the city, the grid, because mm-hmm. there's so much more energy oh, here grid. than I'm used to. Have you guys but, ever used totem animals? Um, I have not. I, that's, that's what I use when, if I feel like sometimes I'm walking down the streets late at night and the shady characters walking past me and it's deserted. And I think I get a feeling of, oh, like something could happen to me. And as they're walking past, <laughs> I got told my totem animals a cheetah. So as they walk past me, I go, You're in, totally in my mind, I go, <laughs> <laughs> and I get my claws out and my fangs and just roar at them and hiss at them from like... <laughs> like energetically and they just keep walking you're totally a cheetah that's true and you know i just think like for me like i don't get bothered in situations too because i have such a strong shield like i'm just like like commanding my personal space you know and i think yeah they pick up on it for our listeners it's like that's what you need to do constantly in in general so that things like this don't happen to you another thing that i've learned um i remember one time i almost got in a really bad car accident on the way to see one of my mystics and she told me she's like you know if you're in that moment where you're about to be in like a massive accident if you just say i'm safe and protected at all times and put a golden bubble around you she goes it could be a 10 car pile up and you'll be the one person that survives yeah, and or it's Lisa like a trick Renee. to have up your sleep. So I say, I say when I'm surfing, literally there might be twenty times I say when I'm surfing, I'm saying protected all times. Yeah, and, and that's commanding times. her personal space. That's all you need to do. That's all you need to yeah, do. Yeah, I have best a kept secret um, of Kundalini ever. protection mantra that I put around the plane every time I fly, mm-hmm. and my little angels. I guess it's the same kind of thing. It's totally. a mantra, protection mantra. 
Okay, so where are we in the story? Okay. Because we yeah. are digressing. Sorry. Okay. So it's it's almost over. But but the bottom line is he, he came back, at, you know, it was over the course of about six months. I gave myself a time period in my mind. He disappeared for six months. He was coming coming and going, coming and going, because he, he did travel a lot for work anyways. But he um, was coming back to your home or to the office? To home, and he'd like pack up his stuff and stay for like a day, and then he would leave again. And I would be like really wanting answers, trying to initiate conversations, but I could just see that it was just like, he didn't really recognize me and I didn't really recognize him. Whoa. And it, this, is, this is the crazy thing. I remember sitting at lunch with him at La Mille, this place in Silver Lake. And I, he always used to give me a hard time for eating chips, like corn chips. If I'm going to eat a sandwich, I really like some chips with my sandwich. And he was like, you're just filling your stomach with empty whatever. Why do you do that? And I was like, whatever. And, and we're ordering food and there's this, tray, a waitress walking by with a big tray and there's like a big basket of chips and he goes, oh, those chips look really good. We should order some. Just not him. Just like not him. Like he didn't him. remember that he had that relationship with you and the chips before? It, I, was, I, was like, was I was like, since just, when do you like chips? He was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, like he had, like that was a, that was a joke in our relationship that he would give and, me so and, much hard time. That's, and he didn't remember the joke. No, no, he was wow. like, ge- he genuinely like wanted person. chips. He, gen- he was like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, like a different person. Yeah, like he, he didn't have person. that backstory with you. And, and we just didn't have that like spark. We just didn't have that ca- connection. But I kept, I was pushing, you know, because we had so much invested. I yeah, had, you were married. You had a house together. You had a dog together. You had a dream- life together. And, and You're about to have a baby. We tick, had, tick, we tick. Had Good dreams. thing you hadn't. You know, we had dreams. And so that was probably the hardest thing was mourning those dreams. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting is about six months after, so, so now it's June. And I remember I was just crying, crying my eyes out, feeling so sorry for myself and just feeling like my whole world was crashing around. And James, my teacher said to me, he goes, Sweepy, you need to pull up your bootstraps. This is life. He goes, I remember a girl that stood in that very kitchen. She told me she wanted consciousness. She told me she was willing to do anything, to lose everything to get it. And in that moment, I was like, I had totally forgotten. With everything that happened, I had totally forgotten that we'd ever had that conversation. And in that moment, I realized that I had set that whole um, sequence of events into motion. I was in agreement to that. And the truth of the matter was, is, is that I had grown beyond that relationship. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to see that because we make these commitments to people and we have, we still have, do have this vision, you know, of forever. And there's, there's no problem with that, but that we worked through so much in the short time that we were together so much from other lifetimes. Um, we assisted each other in really like just growing so much in our own lives, but we really were starting to grow in different directions. And so, yes, there was the backstory that he did have addiction and that he did have a lot of trauma and he was out of body. And at the same time, it was time for us to go our separate ways. Do you think there was a woman involved during that six months he was so distant and back and forth and hardly home and just cut off from you? I don't think there was any specific woman, like a love relationship, but I think there was probably women for escapist reasons. Got it. Yeah, because I mean, wow. When you're a, a kid who just com- an eighteen year old kid who just commu- committed suicide, and you're in someone else's body, you're gonna want to eat a lot of chips and try to get with some girls. <laughs> <laughs> get a lot of girls and eat a lot of chips. Obviously. Ah, uh, did you take up any other bad eighteen year old habits? You know, drinking, gambling. After, so, so after, no, there was Game Boy. There was some things that 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 came to light that I found out later um, that just really 
solidified for me that it was over. And so just very suddenly I caught him off guard and I was just like, I want a divorce. Oh, you Did he divorced not expect him. that? Did he not expect that you wanted a divorce? In his delusional world, he sort of thought, he was going to get his cake and eat it too. Mm. Because he did still like having the security the sort of of me when he felt like having that. And he ended up getting an apartment in New York. Wow. And he was like, he was like, we're bi-coastal, but he didn't really ever want me to go there. Wow. And So um, totally detached, just, like not really with you at all. No. And this was someone we were like making all our decisions together. It was just so different. Do you think that your spiritual quest and opening up all these doors within yourself and raising your vibrational energy caused, it, as he was your partner and your mirror, it caused this like raising in him, which then kind of cracked him? I think it scared him. Because yeah. I was basically saying, I'm on a path of real consciousness and yeah. I want to go to the real dark parts within myself and, yeah. and excavate that. Mm-hmm. And I think he was a little bit, as we know, there's a little bit of a trend, trend of spirituality going around these days. I think he was a little bit more in it for the trend, the trend and a little bit more in it to connect with me. Faker. And then it got too real and then it just cracked him. It cracked him down. And then he, yeah, that's how I see it too. Couldn't handle it. Oh, look, they're making a chemtrail up there, guys. Oh, wow. So do they back still in deny chemtrails? Like, yeah. what, what is the explanation of that? So if you ask, like, my stepdad, who's a rocket scientist, he'll say that that is a contrail, and that's a condensation trail that that will just come at the, just water, basically, that comes out the end of the plane. But if you see two planes today, you could see another plane going across the sky, and there's no contrail. It, it lasts for three seconds. The exactly. The lasts for three seconds. Exactly. It's not, like... It's not the same. And so chemtrails, what, is, what are they dropping exactly? Well, we don't know for sure, because we don't know their agenda, but, I mean, some examples of ideas could be like they're trying to dull consciousness with things like aluminum and um, barium. barium and other heavy metals, which they're just like pouring Dropping down in upon the air. us. Um, or to like change the weather, to be able to create disasters, um, control the weather, stuff like that. Damn. They Can't trust anyone these in days. Started in 1999. Nice. Yeah, Google Harp. I mean, this stuff is. There's government patents for the, these things that they there's say doesn't exist. There's also government officials that have come out yeah. and like been whistleblowers on. Yeah, many, and then probably hunted down and killed. Totally. Yeah. Um, okay. Right. Well. So, okay. Um, good. All right. So that's her paranormal <laughs> divorce story. I get okay. that it sounds so, totally batshit crazy. Everybody. No, it doesn't. But to at me. the same time, when you when you experience it for yourself, there's just no denying it. No, it's no denying it. Especially mm-hmm. when he was admitting that there was that he had some paranormal experience where another spirit came through him, and then from that night onwards, one. yeah, he was a different person. I mean, but the reality is, is I actually see you know different spirits coming through. Once you become aware of it, you can see it in your friends, you can see it in your family, you can you can really be once you're aware of it. It's called channeling. Mm-hmm. Once you're aware, and a lot of people go, "Oh, I channeled this." Yeah, and that's good or bad. It's not necessarily great when you're to be a channeler. You know no, what no, I mean? No, and, there's sort of this this pervasive thought that it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I channeled this. And what's interesting is, you know, I have a girlfriend and she's like, I had nothing to do with writing that book. Something channeled through mm-hmm. me. And at f- face value, that sounds cool. Like, oh, I channeled this book. But if we don't, if it isn't the original spirit doing it, we don't get to have any fulfillment for our creations. So what would you say to someone who felt like they had a particular side of their personality that would be expressed when they were under stress or drunk or whatever it may be, which they really didn't like and they wanted to eradicate. Or they really thought it was a different spirit is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, what's the difference between someone who when they're drunk, they get angry and they get you know, I well, don't that know, makes, promiscuous that sounds like a different to, spirit. It's a different because, spirit. So what's because the difference between a personality, drink, a different part of your personality and then a spirit? Like what's the difference? 
Well, signs that you're out of body is if you have cold hands and feet a lot. Oh, that God, happens to that you happens. a lot, Jenna. Wait, Jenna, is it really you? <laughs> and you know what What's else? What's my middle like, name? I, I also feel like art gets channeled. Like I don't feel like I make it myself. And do you feel a, a deep satisfaction for the art that you make? Um, I'm sort of neutral. Then, then yeah. So exactly. Yeah. So that's exactly lines up with what yeah what I've learned. But but yeah, no. It's typically um, if you don't remember things a lot, that's a sign that you're channeling. If you get mm. agitated, frustrated, irritated a lot, that's a sign that you're channeling. Um, cold hands and feet, as I mentioned. So, so yeah, there's, there's different things, but you'll start to, as you do more things to, to bring yourself in body, even just breath, breath brings us back to body. So So wait a second, can I blame, um, bad moods and when I lash out at carry on my, on, on a spirit coming through? You can. You can only but blame you're yourself. You're, you're responsible. responsible. Ah, you're responsible oh, for your on. own space. It wasn't you're, me. you're responsible for your body and, and you're responsible Ambo. to command your personal space. <laughs> Ambo. <laughs> I have a really naughty alter ego called Ambo. She's a crazy naughty clown. Yeah, that's <laughs> who just wants to have fun at anyone's her. cost. I, I don't love her. That's definitely another spirit. It's Ambo. Um, no, but, <laughs> so even if we call in other spirits into our spiritual universe, we're responsible for everything we've made in unconscious agreement with those spirits. And so what happens is, especially as women, we're in a lot of fear as women. Um, and not men. just we all are. We are, but I just I'm a woman, so I can speak to the woman experience. <laughs> and Amber can so she can speak to Ambo the man. Amber can. Amber can. Ask me. I I feel like I am channeling masculine consciousness and experience at some time. So ask me anything you okay. want, and Ambo may. If you've got a question for Ambo, basically is what I'm saying. Don't call Ambo in. Don't call Ambo in. Oh, she's in. She's here. You mean he's in? He, she's here. <laughs> <laughs> it. You know, her it, face the looks clown. really scary right now, guys. <laughs> You know the clown horror movie? It, they based that on Ambo. <laughs> Don't look at me, Ambo. <laughs> that was a bit crusty, the clown. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, back to Amber. Amber's back. Hey, guys. Just commanding Amber's personal space. <laughs> <laughs> They're all doing shielding meditations against me right now. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay. <clears throat> Calling it back. Okay, okay let's deep breath. We gotta get to the part of the story where she she okay. We she had a paranormal her baby divorce, and we, then okay, yes. the jungle. We had a paranormal divorce. You said I want a divorce. He signed the papers. He agreed. Yep. No, okay. It ended up being it ended up being like pretty. Okay, so so tell me about your so how old were you when you divorced? Thirty. Almost 36. Okay. Did you have, I'm really impressed that the fear of losing the opportunity to have a baby and a family didn't trump um, the fear of staying in something that wasn't right. Like that's amazing that you were able to have the confidence to push through that to say, no, I can still create a life and have a love and a baby and a family and everything that I want most in life right now. So tell me, were you fearful? Like what was your thoughts behind, am I ever going to find a husband and baby in time? Because, you know, time's ticking mid thirties onwards. (laughs) Right. Um, Actually, what's interesting is when I told him I wanted the divorce, he kind of resisted it and, and tried to lure me back with a baby. Ah, but so that's I, even smart harder. Man. But I knew, I just knew it was done. When you know in your heart, that's one thing that we always do. We always know in our heart and the brain gets in the way yes, and we agreed. rationalize ourselves into ridiculous things. So I'm so happy to say that I didn't do that. Um, and But did you, were you hijacked by fears at any point around how do I get a baby and husband in time now? 
I mean, yes. So, I mean, to some degree, yes. I wasn't panicking, but, um, but my mom, when I told my mom, cause I didn't tell anybody really during this time, cause I wanted to give, I didn't want to have a bunch of energy on the situation. Mm. So I only told a couple really trusted friends about what was going on when I gave in my time, in my mind, I had a time period of like six months. I'm going to give him six months to try to sort of shit out because mm-hmm. we are married and I feel like he deserves that respect and people go through shit and mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. But he didn't come back. And so he didn't come back. So I, so I kind of made that in my mind that that was the end. And so when I finally told my mom, she was really understanding and it was a really sweet moment between us. And she was just like, the most important thing to me is that you're okay. And like, basically I have your back no matter what. And, and she's like, you know, if you want, I'll pay for it if you want to freeze your eggs. Hmm. And I was like, it was her fear in a way. It was totally her fear. I was totally... And when she said that, what was your residence test? What did your body say when she said that? At the, at the moment that she said that, it, I knew it came from a place of deep love and kindness for me and, and her own fears. And fear-based. It was fear-based, but, but it was more... I knew it was fear-based for her, but once I processed it, I rationalized it into an empowering thing. Because mm-hmm. I was like... And her thing was like, I just want you to take as much time as you want to take to find the person that you want to have a family with. Yeah, without with. the pressure. Without the pressure. That's, yeah. That was her whole thing. She was like, I just want you to not have any pressure, which was coming from a really kind of cool place. Great. And... Um, so you froze your eggs? So it's, I, I thought about it and then I was just like, you know what? That'd be pretty cool to just be able to like have a lot of freedom and just take my time. And maybe when I'm 45, I want to have kids. Cause I wasn't super like must have kid right now. Mm-hmm. And anyways, I wasn't obsessed with kids. I wasn't like looking at people's Instagram feeds and being like, I wish I had a baby. Yeah, which I is was a big like, thing. That's I was like, how no, I, felt. I wasn't on that page at all. So, so I just was kind of like, that'd be cool. There's a lot more I want to do. Um, I want to take my time and. So I ended up deciding to do it. And what's interesting is during the time that I decided to do it, I actually started dating somebody new um, who was super supportive. And I still wanted to go through with it because even though I was dating someone new who very much was expressed interest to have a family with me and do these things, I really wanted to take my time after I just went through this relatively traumatic experience. And so... What was the experience like freezing your eggs? The actual experience was super seamless, super easy. You know, you hear all these horror stories like, oh my gosh, you're going to like gain 50 pounds and turn into like crazy lady, emotional wreck. And none of those things happened. It was like the most easy thing. But afterwards I got so sick. Hmm. So, so, so sick. Infected? I got really, um, really, really severe systemic candida. Wow. From the, um, from removing the eggs. Yeah. It wasn't really so much from removing the eggs as it was from messing with my hormones. So what do they do? They obviously give you injections to know exactly when you're ovulating and then they go in you and take the eggs out. They give you injections. So you produce a bunch of eggs at Ah, once. Ah, got it. And then they extract them. So they pump more hormones in you to produce more eggs. Yeah. Hmm. And how, oh, okay. So from the hormonal shift, you got a candida infection. I also think that there was like a spiritual emotional component to that too, because, you know, just kind of like doing something in a sense, like messing with your body's natural, you know, cause you are a very natural person. And so maybe that also could have been, I mean, looking back on it now, I'm like, what the heck was I thinking? So what did that look like? A candida infection that lasted how long? I started getting really aggressive 
miserable yeast infections where it felt like someone was stabbing me with a fire hot oh, molten every molten hot fire nightmare poker 24 hours a day seven days a week like just would not stop oh my gosh for, for how long i remember this time in your life i remember it too that was sort of around the birthday party um mm-hmm. But this went on for years. Yeah, it, varying degrees of it. Um, but it was, I would say, really, really, really strong for at least a year. Wow. And then um, I went on the full-on hardcore candida diet, no sugar, like not even a cherry tomato. Oh, yeah, I, I remember. remember. That. Um, and you were doing some hardcore things. Oh, like I was doing, uh, my baby daddy now calls it the Mick Jagger, but I was literally taking blood out of my body and putting it in an oxygen chamber and putting it back in. Wow. Desperate to get desperate. this thing out. Desperate, yeah. desperate, desperate. I'm so happy to say that I'm better now. I'm healed now. I've turned over so many stones about health and wellness and healing. Do you think pregnancy played a part in stabilizing your hormonal system? Absolutely. Yeah, it did. I did heal a lot right before I got pregnant, which is interesting because I, and now I can look back on it as sort of this blessing in disguise. Cause they're, oh, I do really do believe I create every single thing in my life for my benefit and my own personal evolution. And so that forced me to a level of health and cleaning my body that I had never done before. Yeah. And I ended up getting pregnant on my very first try, Whoa. not needing my, not needing the eggs two months before my 39th birthday. See, this is amazing. Wait, okay, 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 okay. You've, you've, <laughs> you've frozen the eggs. You've got a really bad infection from the candida, which was messed up with from the um, egg freezing procedure. And then you were actually with someone at that time. And then how did you end up in Costa Rica? Well, no, I, because I told you the whole story about ending up in Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah, but I'm trying to get to the spiritual advisors nudging you and giving you a bit of a heads up. Like, didn't they say there's someone waiting for you in Costa Rica? Well, when I was getting ready to take that trip to Costa Rica, my spiritual teacher did say to me, he goes, you're going to meet a French guy. See, boom, there we go. You got a bit of guidance there. And when that French guy, when you met that French guy, were you like, oh, that's the French, the French guy? guy. I, for, I don't know how, because I usually have a really good memory, but I had totally forgotten that. Wow. And then when I called him and said, oh my God, I met a French guy. And he's like, I told you you were going to meet a French guy. And I was like, you did. So that's affirmation and confirmation. Yeah. Oh, there's so many things that he's and, told me. And at what happen. age did you meet him? I met him um, when I was 38. 38. Okay. And so you ended up back in Costa Rica. You're like, this is my baby daddy. Yeah. And well, then- so, yeah. So I ended up, I ended up in Costa Rica and I knew that he very much wanted to create family with me. And he's just like such a family man. And, and in his mind, he's just like, there's nothing more important than family. And to me, you know, being 38, I gotten really used to my life, not having a baby, even though I still in my back of my mind, I was like, I'm going to have a baby someday. I still felt really young, even though the, the actual counter of the age still was saying 38, I still felt very young. Mm. And so I was like, well, let me get to Costa Rica. Let me, like we were in France. I went to go visit him in France. And, mm. and that summer we went on a surf trip all through South of France and I met his family and he was like, let's make a baby now. And I was like, let me just get to Costa Rica and let's just like, let me feel the vibe. So did you have a specific manifestation? Manifestation formula that you think work to get him into your life, and well, do you so help you help other women do that too, right? I do, I do. That's so. My what's the formula? Favorite thing that I do. Um, well, it's not just one thing, right? There's it. It really comes down to value for self because to the degree that you love yourself, that's the degree that someone else can love you to the degree that you do adore yourself. That's the degree that someone else can adore you. So it really becomes about finding ways 
to really cultivate and nourish your own radiance because ultimately we are rolling around like these gigantic magnets and we don't attract what we want into our lives, we attract who we are. So it really comes back around to personal responsibility and taking time to really not be looking for the best person to come into your life and make it awesome, but really working on yourself to be the best person you are because that will dramatically affect the type of person that mm-hmm. you call into your life. So yeah, so I have an eight-week program that um, that I work through with women. What's that called? It's called The Way of the Radiant Woman. Oh, I want to be a radiant woman. You are. You are, Jenna. Oh, but you're really radiant, Emily. But you are too, Jenna. But you're really so radiant, So are Emily. you, Amber. <laughs> I think Amber is the most radiant. Ambo. <laughs> okay, amazing. So what do you step people through in women through in this eight week course? Wait, is this in Costa Rica? It's um it's an online. It's it, we do it, we do it, it's coaching. It's it's a one-on-one coaching program. Oh got How it. So amazing. it's a one-on-one what an amazing re- uh, resource. So you step them through ways to really exercise self-love and peel back the layers that are inhibiting them from finding that love. I mean, one of the main things, one of the big themes of the course is, you know, as women, because we live on a planet where the patriarch patriarchy reigns supreme, oftentimes we unconsciously embody masculine traits and we don't really realize that we're doing it. And so we think these things will make us feel safe. Oftentimes things around control or, you know, we're doing things we think we need to like work harder, 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 do more and more and more. And really this has a specific vibration that's associated with it. Mm -hmm. And it's a vibration that can be very off-putting to a masculine man. Totally. So it's really about learning how, what is feminine energy, how to run our own feminine energy. And, um, various transformational tools to do that. Another thing is, you know, how are you going to create a passionate relationship with a man if you're not passionate about your own life? Mm. How is a man going to get excited about you if you're not excited to get up in the morning and like enthused about your own creations? Oh, wow. So true. So, so this journey that you take someone, this eight week course, you take someone on in the way of the radiant woman the the techniques you use and what you move them through you obviously practiced yourself to then get your baby daddy baby and whole dream life living in the jungle i want your life uh where did you find these ideas and techniques were your spiritual advisory team um influential in that process oh my gosh i mean when i think back to what i was doing and where i was in my late 20s um you know it's like I, before I met my baby daddy, I had literally so many more guys after me in my mid to late thirties than I ever did in my mid to late twenties. Cause you were radiant, <laughs> but it's really, it just comes back to that, that real value for self and trust in yourself and just willingness to, you know, I feel, I feel so much more playful now than I ever did even as a kid. And yes, I've, everything I've learned is really from my from my journey and really from my teacher, he teaches something called spirit nature. He's one of those underground, you can't find him teachers that, you know, doesn't have a website and doesn't do social media because he's a true healer. He doesn't need to. He doesn't live in this dimension. He probably lives more on the astral plane. Than but he you. really has What's gifted, an email? <laughs> he really know. But he really has gifted me with just radical information that has allowed me to change my life in oh, every I single love way. Radical information. Oh but also Emily, I have to say you have worked your ass off. It's not just about, you know, being open to change. Like you have been on a mission ever since I met you, you have been on such a mission and a thirst for information and how to peel back the layers, the layers, the layers. And you're working damn hard on yourself. And a warrior because it does not easy to, to, 
go to the dark parts of yourself and to excavate them, and as ask you said, the questions. And, to, and to just be a spiritual being in this world right now. It's just, it's, it takes mm. real action. Guts and it's and, not just about yeah. philosophizing and going to these like spiritual sessions, you get into action. And I think that's what counts in the end. If you want to create a life where you're with the love of your life, you have your baby, it, it's, it usually is takes a massive breakdown and you have to rise like the phoenix and do everything in your power to peel back those layers into the truth of your being, the self-love and the acceptance and all that that comes from, you know, hard work to get to that And place. that hard work continues once you're at that place. It's not like once oh, you got yeah. the husband and the baby, the work stops. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. It just doubles. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah. No, that's what it begins. I mean, it's really, relationship is the playground for spiritual growth. Oh, totally. yeah. I mean, Ain't that the truth? I'm, I'm looking in the mirror all the time. I mean, Yeah, it's really confronting being in a relationship. If you want it to be the best it Real, can be, yeah. it's, it's really confronting. Totally. It's really, no, and and just because I do have this very sexy French surfer baby daddy, I mean, we have, we go head to head and really my, my biggest challenges with it is I'm like, oh, okay, that's me. Okay. Before we get into what it's like to be living in the Costa Rican jungle with your French surfer baby daddy and incredible baby, quickly tell us about your conception story and naming story because our our time's running out. So let's hit that because I love this story. Okay. Okay. This, this is a pretty amazing story. So we had just led a retreat together. He does the food and I did everything else. And, um, and we were just in this really beautiful co-creative vibration. And we were sitting on our deck looking at the sunset. And we lived at the top of this really high hill. And we were just looking over the ocean. And I just I just felt it. And I just looked at him and I said, let's just start talking to the spirit that we want to call in. And he got all excited. And so we closed our eyes and we just did this little, <laughs> so cute. This little meditation. And I just said, okay, this is the life we can offer you. You know, it's the jungle, it's surfing, it's creativity, it's spirituality, it's clean eating. It's lots of travel, except for when we go to France and eat croissants. And, um, it's but the good croissants, the good ones. You got to live you, good when week. you're a human, you got to experience the human pleasures Absolutely. a little bit. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Then what's the point of being human if you don't? Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, crepes. I might he makes the best crepes. Crepes. And so, you know, doggies, music, all the things that we can offer. You know, this isn't life in New York City. So we didn't want to get a spirit that was wanted that life. So we said, if you are aligned with this life, then we invite you. We invite you to join us. And right when we opened our eyes, we looked out and the Sagittarian moon had just risen right in front of us. And since we were so high on the hill, it just felt like we could just reach out and just grab it. And there was one little star. And so I looked at him, I was like, let's go. And so we just went and... You made a baby. We made a baby. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're cutting out some details here. We don't <laughs> need to know the details. Oh, it's all about conscious conception. Was there a little bit of eye gazing? There was, a little bit of tantric breathing. There was, it was just a very sweet, it was just that dusk time of day. And yeah, it was just that very, yeah, connected. very connected, very deep eye contact. And as we mentioned before, intention, action loaded with intention creates magic. <laughs> loaded. <laughs> Whoa, loaded. <laughs> like a loaded gun, ready to shoot. And then, um, and yeah, <laughs> and then afterwards I That like, was Ambo. <laughs> Afterwards, I stayed in like, um, what's it called? Shoulder stand for like. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. Did you put your legs up on the wall? Yeah, I put my legs up in shoulder stand for like five minutes, and um, and then that was that was when she came. Bada bing, bada boom. And what was the naming process? And so, 
he really wait, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. Did you know that you had conceived that night? Like, did you get a feeling like, boom, I think she's arrived? No. So I wasn't, I wasn't that connected to it. I thought, okay, you know, I'm almost 39. This is rational. I was in my rational mind. Okay. I'm almost 39. And so this isn't going to happen right away. I had all these health problems. Like I have a good six months and I kind of wanted a good six months because I really wanted to have a year of surfing every day and get really <laughs> good. Um, and so, but here's actually the, a crazy story, um, that I don't even think I've ever really told that many people before, but so he, maybe like a week later or two weeks later, he wakes up in the middle of the night and he said he felt really strange. Like he was like in an ayahuasca ceremony. Oh God. Oh, I was about like, to say, uh like had he had any vu? young friends that had committed suicide <laughs> that week? Yeah. So he goes to the bathroom and he said it was just a strange feeling. And he looked out the window of the bathroom and he said it was the exact same moon and the exact same star, which is completely impossible because I hadn't gone through the lunar cycle yet. And I woke up the next morning and he goes, you're pregnant. You're having a girl. Jeez. And I was like, I don't think so, whatever. And um, wait, how do you know it was a girl? He just. I knew it was a girl before she was going to get pregnant. Mm, of course. Didn't you? you know I it didn't. Was yeah. A girl? I mean, my, my spiritual teacher told me it was going to be a girl. We all knew it was a girl. He told me there was a girl that's been around me for a while. I think everyone's going to want to know the details of your spiritual advisory team because <laughs> they have really helped out a lot. They have. Oh my God. I don't know how people go through life without a team of mystics. <laughs> so. Then I, uh, then yeah, I eventually did the test and, and I was just couldn't believe it because I've done many tests over the course of my life and it's never said wow. the two lines. It's always been the one line. Wow. And, uh, and how did you work out her name? And so the name came from, so Saya, her name is Saya Moon and oh, Saya is an, is a, is a name that they, that's in France and, and Mene came up with that name and I loved it. And so, and, and then we looked it up. I was like, well, what does it mean? Cause I really wanted a, a name with meaning. And in Indian, it means the time when night meets day and the doors of perception open and oh. greater consciousness as possible. Oh, it's when of she course. arrived. <laughs> Duh. And so, um, so then for the months that came, the months that followed, every time I'd see that moon, we would say, oh, it's the Saya moon. It's the Saya Moon. Oh. And I was like, I really like the sound of that. So her name is Saya Moon. Oh, what a perfect. Cute. And the cool part is in Costa Rica, they take the mom's last name. <gasps> no way. Oh. So her name is Saya Moon Pereira. Oh my gosh. Beautiful. Wow. I want Valentine to have my last name so bad. Valentine Lestrange. Boom. It's just too good. That could be his movie star name. That's it's good true. to have Pen like name. It's good to have the, the name that like your fans can I said the next you. baby can have my name. Well, I'm take just the Costa Rica. Have your baby in Costa Rica. Oh, that's a really good idea. And then you're good. Trick him into it. Um, then maybe what? the baby would get the Aussie passport, the American passport, and, and the American. Yeah, yeah, good one. Plan. Wow, what an incredible story. <gasps> Amazing. Okay, so one more question. What is life like living in the jungle? with a baby and your baby daddy and what do you have any feelings around like what is your philosophy on um having a baby with someone out of wedlock mm. so well, to answer your first question on the one hand having a baby in the Costa Rican jungle is so awesome because it's super kickback it's just so relaxed I mean you just don't have to deal with a lot of things um and it's just, I love the vibe. I love nature. I love that, you know, she just goes outside and sees the monkeys and, you know, she's learning how to swim for the first time in a warm ocean mm. and just all of these lovely things. And then on the other hand, it's like, 
it's it's like it's a video game and mother it's like the hardest level because there's no amazon.com and there's like if you if something breaks there's no handyman there's no whole foods around the corner oh god i couldn't survive a day without a whole foods around the corner i mean i literally come here and fill up duffel bags full of stuff that i need wait are you allowed to take them in i guess if you um we can mail stuff to you <laughs> got my back. Yeah, got it. So the convenience factor, you have to let go of that. Yeah, there's it's it's very inconvenient mm-hmm. <laughs> in every way. Yeah. But um but it's like it's for this phase of my life, I love it. I don't know if I'll be there forever. I'll always have a base there because my daughter's Costa Rican, but mm-hmm. but I loved my time in Los Angeles 15 years. I love my friends and the mm-hmm. food here so much. But just for that kind of life, there's so many cool jungle jungle mamas living there. Oh. And I just love the idea of her growing up speaking three languages, surfing, mm. um, just that really strong foundation and connection to nature. Yeah, that's big. And also it's just a chapter. Who knows? It's totally a chapter. I yeah. mean, the chapters. Yeah, love that. A good adventure chapter. Yeah. Really good story to tell her. Yeah. Really good stories. And so being married, divorced... And then finding the person you wanted to have a baby with, did did the marriage and divorce affect the way you perceived moving into having a child with Mene? Yeah, I have no interest in marriage anymore. See, and t- tell me about that breaking down of that concept of marriage. Um, I guess on some level, now looking back on it in my younger self, I can see actually how that younger version of myself actually did have some agendas to be married. Um, Yes, there was love between Walker and I, but Walker and me, um, I've been in the jungle for too long. Um, But but I, on some level, I wanted to be safe. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be taken care of. I felt like that ring represented Mm -hmm. some sort of like, I'm going to be okay. Mm. And also status, people wrap up status in marriage. And And I think that's part of the being okay. Mm. You know that, oh, she has that ring. She's okay on some level, even though part of this was unconscious. Mm. Um, Looking back on it now, I can see that that was definitely playing a part. Whereas now I, I feel so much more okay just with myself. And I like the idea of just, you know, waking up every day and choosing each other because mm. because you actually want to be there and not because you've made some contract and it's and it's more complicated to get out of it. And so and yeah, we're more way more joined together through a child than we would ever be through a piece of legal piece of paper. And as I get older too, I've I've kind of since I got married, I've I've gotten way more down the rabbit hole in terms of what some people might call a conspiracy theory, but I call it the truth. And so I just the less control from government in any way connected to my life the better the more i'm the more free i feel Mm -hmm. so if many asked you to marry him what would you say he already did oh it's funny i've had two guys want to marry me since i've two since i've been divorced oh oh, oh. i was about to say whoa 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 there's a pool boy involved hello (laughs) sorry 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 no it's ambo (laughs) (laughs) rail it in ambo but that's actually given me a whole lot of insight into being able to help women who actually do want to get the ring because i really respect that if if that's something that you want to call in like i don't you know i understand that's a really big life um, experience and, and, and I'm happy that I did it. I have Mm. no regrets about getting married. That taught me a lot about myself. And, and I did until it was over, I did have a beautiful marriage. I think it depends on the context that you paint marriage in. For example, for me, I had a lot of fears around marriage, but then 
once we were having the conversation about why were we getting married? What's the point? How's that going to change our life? How's that going to embellish our life? We started talking about the context of our marriage and I really got the power of commitment. And within that realm of commitment, you start to grow things that embellish your life in every other way, like devotion, like having something to hold you accountable, to bring your best self, to work through things, to not be able to just take the easy route and run when you get confronted with things. And I think it's also a place for to practice exercise divine union. Mm -hmm. And within that, you pull back the layers and there's so much room for growth and discovery. And yeah, for me, marriage is a really powerful context to evolve in and to move through life in. And I mean, whatever floats your boat doesn't mean that you can't do that if you're not married. Just for me, there are some, I got the, the spiritual, um, I, I got the benefit of marriage with that type of context. Yeah. I mean, for all intensive purposes, I'm married. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, totally. Dynamic, and then that's the thing. You guys are probably married in your own way. My dynamic is completely married. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We yeah. we own land together. We have a child together. Yeah. We have, you know, all you of these You just things. haven't signed a contract where yeah. you... But I do also really marriage. respect women who want the ring because I really wanted it. And mm-hmm. I really understand that. And, and it's interesting, since I've been divorced, I understand a whole lot more about how how to get the ring even more because the less you're like very obviously chasing it, it just comes to you. Mm. Yeah, I I agree with that. Okay. So we're going to wrap up now. Tell us about your current projects, how people can get involved in this magic that you create. Probably the thing I'm most excited about right now is my upcoming retreat. So Mm. I have a retreat. Sign us up. (laughs) Tell me everything. my dream have you girls do it it's called the mermaid sisterhood okay of course and mermaids because we we surf and we go in the ocean but also we go deep within ourselves and mermaids dive deep do we great grow tails (laughs) for a temporary time yeah okay great iridescent iridescent green so yeah so it's in it's in the costa rican jungle and it's really a combination of surfing and yoga and writing and clean eating and all of the things that nourish cultivate and nourish our radiance as women because again Everything we want to attract into our lives comes down to our personal energetic vibration. Mm -hmm. And so so the whole week is just set up in a way to ignite passion through the daily writing workshops, to really allow us to engage in the ocean in a way that really everything that we do in the ocean, that translates to what shows up for us on the physical plane, on land. So learning how to really be in the flow, learning how to be in the present moment. That's mm. what the ocean does. Learning to face our fears. All mm, of these different things. This is my kind of, of course. <laughs> oh, this sounds like heaven. And so, and yeah, and then, and then obviously yoga to help integrate everything. And so where can I find out more info about it? <laughs> Amber's like, where, where? <laughs> tell, tell me exactly. Tell where me the website quick. Well, the easiest is my Instagram is at Emily begins at Emily begins. And then my, um, maybe, um, on your website, you guys have my web. Yeah. Well, we'll, have, we'll put all will the links in all in the over show, the show notes. notes. Yeah. So Emily under offerings, you'll see transformational retreats. I only have two spots left for this one, which is the last week of April. Um, but yeah, it's so freaking fun. Amazing. Like at the end of the week, I'm like, everyone's like, can we just oh. stay here? Like <laughs> for a couple more weeks. Master manifestor over here. Even your work is just magic all day, every day. 
you know, it's taken me a long time to get there. We haven't even really gotten into like the real breakdown that I had in my late twenties that set me on this path. But if people want more information for your listeners, I have an ebook, which if you go to emilyprayer.com forward slash gift, which I'm sure you guys will have in the show notes, yeah. um, you, I'm giving you all your listeners a free copy Yay. of my 29-page ebook that um, goes more into my backstory. Oh, and it's really interesting too. Yeah, get a copy of we that We couldn't get ASAP. all the interesting information into this little podcast. Yeah, I know this. We could be here for days with you. And you also do one-on-ones, relationship coaching. I do one-on-one relationship coaching. If anybody's interested, I offer a free discovery call to see if it's something that's in alignment. But yeah, it's really for women. I've helped so many women who've really, this women, I mean, women that just even even had a date in like, 10 years or just, you know, it's like the revolving door of the kind of sort of thing, um, really help them call in that soul partner. Mm, Emily, thank you so much. You're like a little never leave home without little mm. item that everyone should pocket. have in their pocket. <laughs> it's been so wonderful having you, you on so gorgeous much. girl. Highlight oh. of my trip. Yeah. Yay. I want to sneak in your suitcase and go back to Costa Rica with you, please. Oh my gosh, please. Um, Jenna, do you want to hit us with an invitation for the reader? Yes, I do. I mean, sorry for the listeners and readers. What dream in your life can you switch perspective on, take from the horns and start to accomplish day by day, whether it be finding your baby's daddy or moving to a more adventurous life, all of these things are your choice. Uh, if you choose to intentionally manifest it and Emily can help you with that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Oh, love you ladies so much. Thank you so much, my love. It was such a joy. The, the only complaint is it's we just don't have enough time. I know. You're off we your have plane to tomorrow. I know. We so should Hey Jenna, there's two more spots left. I That's know. not a quinky dink. That's <laughs> not. It's not. Come on. It's All right, well, we'll discuss at lunch after this. Okay, okay. <laughs> Okay, guys, thank you so much for joining us today. That covers our little episode. And if you like what you heard, please share this episode or leave a five-star review so we can grow and support more people in their self-healing journey and adventurous life and calling in their baby daddies and babies and just dream life. Full stop. Yes. We're here to that. (laughs) And um, we'll feel you with us next time. Much love. TTFN. Bye. Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.